I am your host, Play, and you have chosen casting up star eggs. On my world, dragons don't fall from the sky. Only we did, once. The skeleton of the ship that carried us remains, but across the generations many of the components were taken out and spread across the planet as needed. And somewhere, people decided against taking any more out of the colony ship as a shrine to our history. The tale of our first encounter with the dragons is a brief one. One juvenile was flushed from the trees while some of the men were out hunting. Neither party wanted anything to do with the other. Later on, we observed one of their otter behaviors. Once a year, but based on the transient time then unknown to us, the dragons who had laid eggs for that time ascended into the air with a clutch of their brood and soared to daring heights where they risked losing their pilot lights, and even some made a free meal of it for us, after extending themselves too far on the edge for too long and fell back to exoferma. Those that survived thrust their clutches into the depths to seed more worlds across the millennia, and such is the catapulting strength in their legs with which they do this. Later still, we learn that this behavior was based on a combination of factors that entail the fact that the dragons conduct a rudimentary tracking of the stars, in addition to some eggs being a terrestrial brood and others fit for a millennia of incubation. It remains unclear to us if the mothers witness a familiar passage of the stars and consequently causes their bodies to reproduce the star eggs of which we carry stories of encountering their kind back home. Instead. We learn that these magnificent creatures could be harnessed to get the necessary materials into space. We haven't the time to cross the void, and satellites are of better utility to us right now, so we took a vested interest in the barren mothers where we proved to be able to harness an annual frustration and let her carry us up. As it turned out, the first kicked too hard so that she required training and practice to loft our satellite into a stable orbit. In this case of domestication, we appear to have revitalized segments of the species. Some of the seemingly barren began producing eggs, and as we continue experimenting with more ventures to the upper atmosphere, the offspring in turn managed the higher elevations with greater ease. It's a matter of some speculation to us as to whether or not the dragons originated on this world, which is an indeterminate fact as of yet. Before our arrival, their adaptations had turned to bulkier forms so that they were less suitable for casting star eggs and may have come to cease altogether given time. But now we have the Greyhound of Dragons, for which we can go somewhat higher for longer and certainly more often. The other variant of Dragon remains on its original trajectory, which is to trade flight for burrowing in the earth. It's a strange decision to us who envy the powerful wings, but there they find warmth and appear to also feed on some select minerals for their health that we're having some difficulty isolating, as any dragon that is brought up domestically appears less capable of obtaining them nutrients when given leave to do so. So there are less and less of the original breed of dragon we first encountered and have speculated that their retreat is a consequence of competition with our greyhound breed. As such, we have yet to witness any territorial aggression from any dragon during star egg casting. I think they are too fatigued by the journey to conduct any more direct competitions. But it is curious to think that our frequent high flyers have driven the other dragons to take on another mode of life. So now, ten years ago, our satellites returned a signal from a neighboring colony. Through our new natural excavators, we have sought the raw materials to build new ships. 
Some of us will be going home to our intended destination we set out to reach. And some of us are already home. 